Challengers, welcome to season five. I'm starting the season with a theme, a theme focused on the stories of challengers who serve as role models in our communities. I also want to take the time to celebrate this month of March, dedicated to our social workers who are essential in our communities, who give a voice, who offer a shift in perspectives while building connections within our communities. When I think of the first unofficial social worker in my family, I can't help but to think of my beloved and late maternal grandmother. She was raised from a strict Islamic society in India back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, where women remained hidden behind veils and interacted minimally with the world. She was a woman of great strength, resilience, and fearlessness who challenged the systems due to her circumstances. My beloved late grandmother, Razia Sultana Qadir. So welcome to season five. This is going to be episode one. Today, I would like to take a moment and share with you a story or the inspiration behind my journey that stems from a woman who was a true feminist of her times, a real challenger, a woman of fierce grace who had emerged from the hidden veils of society that practiced strict religious principles and gender norms. She had to support her children to create a platform for the future generations to come, all single-handedly. After my grandfather had passed away. Yes, this lady was in her late 30s, but she was bold and strong. And if you have anyone in your family, dear listeners, that have been through thick and thin, then let's take this moment to acknowledge them while I dedicate this episode on my grandmother's story as a way to commemorate her passing on March 4th, 2014. Her story will be told by my uncle, Mr. Sajad Moin Qadir, who will join me shortly. He was the only son among six sisters, in which one of them is my dear mother, and he supported my grandmother till her last breath. So let's take a moment to welcome Mr. Qadir. very much for having me here and I appreciate you doing taking your time to uh, to do a show on my mom my mother who has passed away on uh, March 4th uh, 2014 so it's going to be about seven years now wow I can't can't believe it's seven years Um, but yeah thank you Yes. So can you, how's everything going with you right now as far as work, just to introduce you to our listeners? Well, I'm I'm working uh, from home, just like most of the people are. I'm in IT. I have a wife and two kids. They're not anymore kids. They are also working. So they have their professional jobs. So uh, just another day. Just another day. Yes. (laughs) Another day of work. How long have you lived? Now you live in Memphis, Tennessee. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you ended up there? Yes, I 
Yes, uh, we migrated to Canada in 1978. And then after, I was in ninth grade at that time. Then I did uh, ninth and 10th grade in, in Toronto. Then uh, I got, we got the uh, immigration to United States. So uh, I moved and lived with my uncle for a couple of years. And I did 11th and 12th grade from St. Louis. Then by that time, my mom and the rest of the sisters moved from Canada to uh, Chicago. So we moved, uh, I moved from, uh, after graduating from high school to Chicago. Then I went to University of Illinois and did my bachelor's. And uh, in 1987, I was offered a job with FedEx, Federal Express, in IT. So that's the time I moved from um, uh, Chicago to Memphis. And I've been here ever since. Wow. So Memphis has been like home to you for, for years. Yeah. Yeah, 34 years. 34 years. Yeah. With COVID, how is, are you still working? How are you working now with, uh, with the company? Is it some different arrangements been made? No, it's just uh, because we have uh, the systems uh, that I do support are are uh, global systems. Mm -hmm. So, so our customer base is all over uh, the world. So, we mm -hmm. do not need to be in the office mm -hmm. to be productive, kind of thing. All we need is an internet connection and and a laptop and the office right there. And everything else, if there are meetings, uh, you have Zoom and uh, emails and everything else. So uh, you really, I mean, you can do everything from home, but you can do at the office pretty much. Wow, so that's great. No, not so the productivity has not gone down across the company and especially in IT. In fact, it, it went down because people have the flexibility of working different hours yeah. and they can take the time. That's amazing with IT. I really, I really yeah. enjoy that and relish that. So great. Yeah. I know usually every year you would come to Ocala, right? To visit right. Our, right. Uh, our grandmother, which is my grandmother, your mother. Um, yeah. This year, how are you doing it differently? What, what? Well, I tried to visit her grave at least twice um, a year. Twice a year? Minimum one, once, uh, but I tried to spread it about seven to eight months mm -hmm. and um, yeah this year i'm planning to um uh, i got the COVID, so i'm waiting for the second one mm -hmm. which is on march 18th that i'm planning on um, maybe coming down and visit her grave and do the cleanup and everything do the maintenance on her grave oh wonderful. i find peace with it yeah, you have a plan in action. That's that's great. Yes. So I know um, that she originally, before she passed away, she wanted to pass away in India, but things changed, right? Do you want to explain how, how she passed away and, and how things changed? Well, I was against her going to India, first of all, uh, because of the, uh, the medical situation, uh, the hospitals and the medical care that is in India versus in US. Here she's got all her doctors and everything. So I was very uh, against her going to India, but she just made up her mind that she just wanted to see uh, the hometown uh, for the last time because uh, she said she might never get an, uh, 
opportunity to go back again so she did go over there as usual uh, and got sick as most people but with her uh, uh, all these uh, other issues she was having ahead with the diabetes uh, in a very severe level so her, her kidneys were not that great so she got really sick then um, i went along with a couple of my sisters and then we brought her back and unfortunately uh, during the trip coming back um, her kidneys took the really toll and and they shut it up shut it down and um, that after few maybe a week after that she passed away in in okala yeah well in gainesville really i'm sorry in gainesville right yeah that very difficult yeah i remember that that was really tough um oh, yeah. and you mentioned a uh, hometown uh going back now a little bit about herself um hometown was hyderabad india correct and yes yes my my both parents are from originally from hyderabad india uh and we are, we are real pure <laughs> from from the same city mm-hmm. for generations Yeah, and now I remember back in her day the culture was very strict, uh, the strict culture. Do you want to share a little bit of how she grew up and well the culture back then I think it was everywhere not just in India for especially for a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean even when you see uh, Hollywood movies or uh, shows of 1960s women used uh, they they portray women as homemakers. Mm-hmm. and uh, if you watch any of the leave it to beaver and all those old shows they always show the mother is the uh, the homemaker and the father goes to work and come home so that was in united states so so think back what it would have been in india back uh, 50s and 60s and late 40s so so definitely it was a different time and different uh, culture and, and the expectations for for a woman or a female or a girl it was much different than what we are uh, take it for granted now so uh, she grew up uh, just like everybody else nothing different uh, but her role changed due to my father's illness mm-hmm. um, uh, i was only one year old in 1964 uh, he suffered a massive stroke and he was on deathbed for 7 years so and she he lost eyesight speech everything every movement so so a woman who was behind the uh, curtain um, uh, and now uh, had to come out and really manage the property my father used to ha- uh, had a lot of property which was on rent one house was was at least as a school uh, government school so <clears throat> which she did not know anything about all the taxes thing also it was a crash course of life uh, for her in 64 back then and uh, women never used to go out go to the offices and do anything so it was really as job so for her to be out out in the open and try to get because the the property was all some somewhat disputed because now my father is on deathbed with without the eyesight 
every a piece of the property you know like by here so she had to go through a lot of struggles and um, and and she and for, uh, we had, she was responsible for what seven kids herself and my father totally with yeah. no help from outside so that was a very hard for every one of us yeah um, so that and that struggle but i think more than her struggles and everything else i look at her as uh, as what she did and what lessons we can learn from from her life that's what uh, i think is the more crucial for ev- anyone to see a person whose back is against the wall and has to come out and fight the times and and go through it go through against all odds uh, to achieve her her um, what do you call it uh, mission or goals or goals yeah mm-hmm. a goal and where she wants to see her kids mm-hmm. succeed and 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 the thing she was an extremely visionary woman very very tough very smart for for any age not just at uh, that times but for any period like i said in many of my in uh, communication uh, classes that i do take from uh, work they always ask me who would you look up to who would you um, really see as a mentor or or, or your mm-hmm. uh, idol that you really try to follow always say that is my mother because anyone can do good with having uh, options when you don't have options you and it's very hard to create options where you can pick up oh, a is better than b just like in business in companies you have to uh, give them the options which is the best uh, these are the options and the management pick the best option for whatever project they are planning on uh, proceeding with so when you don't have the options and creating it and opportunities there are no opportunities and creating an opportunity that's a different ball game altogether that's and it's far more tougher than than uh, than people who achieve great heights uh, because they had opportunities when you don't have opportunities whatever even one yard of running is far more than um, uh, running the entire football field when there is nobody around you you can just go from one end to another without any problem wow. so that's where uh, how i see it yeah so for every step that she took she had to make the space for it yeah and as you mentioned reflecting on what you said is that people are they have options and they choose an options they have tools and resources she had to create options yeah. to right. to survive to thrive to bring her children right. to set right. a stage a platform for them right. their upcoming generations so yes. yeah that that was amazing and and how did she after passing after our my grandfather your father passed away 
What was she going through? I'm sure that she felt lost. She felt. Well, she was lost the minute he suffered the stroke. It was not a gradual uh, uh, shock or uh, adjustments for mm-hmm. the family for her. Mm-hmm. It was not a gradual adjustment that we were okay. Well, he's sick now. Uh, he will be better. You know, one week is bad. The next week he will be okay. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, uh, he just went from hundred to zero. And uh, yeah. so her struggle really started in 1964. Uh, so uh, from that period onwards, uh, he, my, my father passed away in 72, but uh, yeah. I'm sorry, you were cutting off when you were saying your fa- uh, father passed away in 1972. Yes. Yeah, 72. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when uh, physically we lost him. But as far as uh, uh, as a father, as a husband, mm-hmm. we lost him in, in 64. 64, yeah, that was yeah. tough. And so... That, that is tough. Yeah. So then how, I know after that, you guys um, migrated to America. Uh, what was... Uh, her need to her her reasons to come here and what what did she want to envision the the main uh one of the main reason uh, uh was there was a lot of communal riots were going on back in 70s mm-hmm. and since there was a no male figure in the house our properties were in 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 danger mm-hmm. getting you know taken and or burned to ground because we we were Muslims and we were living in a Hindu majority country. Mm-hmm. So the safety and the security was priority number one. And also, as for the kids, we were not getting the opportunity to move up or getting any uh, getting in any good schools right. of the religious backgrounds and whatnot. Uh, so, I mean, it was very tough to manage in the uh, middle of 70s. Between, between mid-60s to mid-70s, it was okay. But after about 74, 75, I could re- it was getting extremely tough. Tenants were refusing to pay their rents. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we were not able to do anything, the court system was so behind on their ca- on cases that they would not even take uh, a case. So if nobody pays the rent, then we have no income what, uh, whatsoever. So it, my mother thought that it was better to expose the problem and, um, and kind of a gamble, just st- uh, go to a new country and um, start fresh over there. And by that time, maybe we will, the kids, you mm. know, uh, struggle and get in better school. Right. And things will turn for good. So it did, thank God. Yeah. So that, that was, some, uh, disposing of the property was was a very difficult chapter for, uh, for the entire family, especially for her because of, uh, you know, 
the situation it was back then. Yeah, wow, that was that must have been a struggle, and, and it sounds very tough. So, how was your experience coming to America, seeing the differences in culture, seeing yourself like go well, through? This? Again, um, it just and uh, you need to feel good you have to have uh, security safety financial safety you know you have to have a place to live uh, things to eat um, and stuff like the basic needs basic needs and uh, that's where we were at that point is are we going to mm, at least have the basic needs to survive here, yeah. uh, the uh, new to us. We were we were not uh, we never used to speaking English in home. Mm-hmm. So you are facing and back when we came, there were not that many Indians. Mm-hmm. Very rare. I was the only Indian guy in the entire school. Not only in uh, in St. Louis too. Mm-hmm. So even when I joined FedEx. I was the fourth Indian or a Pakistani to be ever uh, uh, hired at FedEx. Wow. Now there are countless. So I mean, the the times were very different, uh, and uh, adjusting and getting an opportunity, getting a job, even an odd job, was very hard. And with an odd job, paying for a, for an apartment for the food and the utilities, transportation, school, books. I mean, it, it, it was an uphill battle and every day. Wow, sounds tough, yeah. That's how, yeah. I'm sure you so faced that, a lot of, yeah, microaggressions, aggressive, like prejudice, a lot of discrimination, oh yeah. I imagine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was offered, I was offered jobs in Chicago, they, showed me that my office and then uh, next uh, couple of days later I got a call that you know people, uh, the, the folks over there don't want me over there so oh, this so was a professional so I mean and it it wasn't everywhere yeah. so and especially when there is a communication problem this was uh, when I finished university but mm-hmm. initially when you have the communication problem, no one wants to hire a person like that. I mean, these days they do, but back then uh, they were not that willing to hire someone. And they say, oh, well, you will have communication problem getting this guy or a woman to do any type of uh, work. So might, might as well reject this person and hire someone else. So, and there were no internet, mm-hmm. no Google, no phones. And uh, you're talking go in Canada, the weather was extreme. So, you know, you have to walk miles and miles door to door to ask for work. So it, it, it was uh, it was extremely tough, extremely yeah. tough. Yeah, I can imagine. And then when you mentioned about communication problems, was it because of your accent? You're not able to have that uh, English American American accent that you faced a lot of that. Well, before you even have that problem, they uh, I don't know what they thought of us uh, back then. Yeah, they look at you and say, "Well, he's not one of us." Mm-hmm. So 
uh, he will not fit in in a team and why do we need to have him or her in the middle of uh, of the team mm-hmm. and that will cause more confusion and mm-hmm. he will be a, a sore thumb sticking out mm-hmm. so we will hire somebody else so that rejection first of all you to find an opportunity to mm-hmm. find in a vacancy in a, in a place was tough because of nothing to go Mm. and then when you do find a place where they're looking for a job then you face this issue well, then you are back in square one but um, uh, along with this job search and trying to survive you still have to pay the uh, the utilities you pay oh, yeah. the rent you pay everything uh, so and it's uh, it was it was rough but we all got that strength from her knowing she was with me and along with my sister when they were not married uh, before 83 so she was uh, the moral support was there i mean we were not this was not the first time we were facing uh, difficulties or um, you know struggling we have seen my mother face far more severe situations so we used to compare that and said okay if she could have she did it at home why can't we do it here so that was uh, the thing that kept us going because if you have parents who never been through any of that stuff and the kid happened to you know step into something like this and he does not have a something to fall back on nothing to look back on and no one to give advice no one to really support that person so we had all those opportunities i mean we had a treasury of that of um, of how to survive survival kit we had the survival kit but we uh, we just have to uh, use those tools uh, accordingly to better ourselves to better our, our life style and um and i think you know when you put uh with the intention and then you first you have to convince yourself the main thing is convincing yourself that you could do it if you are even 95% 90% then you you bound to fail you have to convince yourself that you could do it and you have to have that will you have to have that will i'm going to get out of this hole one way or the other i'm going to get out of this hole and i'm going to fall countless times but one day i'm going to climb out and uh, see the world and that's what my mom did and the turn came to us and uh, we did and it was not a short period of time i mean you look at about 10 years Uh, straight we struggled in day out uh, from 78 to pretty much 88 so then only you know we got out from really <laughs> from that all <laughs> yeah she was a role model she was a real challenger like you were saying yeah. she, she already been through so many struggles herself and then you as yeah. children we're going through struggles we got this but you're like when you see this role model who's been through so much well this motivates us to do more and this motivates us okay yeah. you know what we can keep going yeah. yeah she never showed the 
what do you call that empathy sympathy or any oh my boy you working so hard you know you you know it's so tough for you no those those words i have never heard uh, from her she might say that uh, behind my back to others mm-hmm. that you know he's working day and night having two jobs or three jobs with full time university but she never uh, said anything like that face to face because if she would have you know said that, that those kind of things that could have weakened me mm. to make have weakened me uh, to say that i'm doing too much you know i should take it easy or or uh, um ask for money from uh, other family mm. uh, cousins and some something like that but uh, even though my my mom is from a very well to do family mm-hmm. so her younger brother is a doctor very established mm-hmm. he's a psychiatrist yes mm-hmm. um as we going through it but she never did so mm-hmm. that put all the uh, the responsibility Uh, on on our shoulders yeah to make that money one way or the other uh, uh, to pay for basic needs wow and growing up you were the only male uh in the right. family i'm the youngest all yeah youngest and the only male and so right. i'm just uh, i'm just curious how was that for you to emotionally develop you know with this with not having a male figure in your life Well, I learned that at a very young age in India because over there this is being magnified a lot more than in US in western countries. Over there uh, the father uh, usually takes his sons and literally it's kind of parade through the streets going to the mosque and going to some place you know uh, but back then i used to go by myself because there was nobody else mm-hmm. i don't have a older brother i don't have a father and um, no one to check on me if i get beat up then there, i can't say you know my my brother is going to come and with you or my father is going to come and talk to your father so everything i have to face it i have to resolve it i just have to come out clean and uh, so it 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 was tough because uh, my mom never worked work work meaning had a job never had a real job mm-hmm. so she does not have any experience in in that area so i could not ask anyone around as far as you know guidance and uh, even my cousins and all all of them we really used to me because of the distance and uh, so it was you know you just have to find uh uh what the uh, companies or the people are looking for and with each experience you find tune your own stuff and move forward and take their feedback and learn from it so there were nothing uh, on like on youtube uh, what is the best way to do interviews the courses and stuff like that nothing so you just come out just fresh and you don't even know what to do with it how to sell your skills so i mean i learned it i mean it was never i mean 
I could not compare anything before and after because uh, I was only one year old. My father, you know, lost him. So uh, I, I could never say, well, you know, he was there. He was, um, he, he was behind me. He was supporting it. No, I don't have support. I mean, I miss my mother far more because I know she was there till recently. So yeah. that that uh, is the difference. That is the main difference between uh, my father and my mom. Uh, that you were closer to your mother because she was there for the most part. Regardless, regardless of uh, her death anniversary or birthday, mm-hmm. her every her her wisdom, her 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 you know the the way she just being there is give me enough energy um to perform so wow. that that no one can replace that absolutely she was the backbone yeah she is the backbone when when she passed away i mean when she really passed away um it just like my back just broke yeah wow. i mean that 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 is the major uh, the major loss number one mm-hmm. Yes, that was a major loss, and um, yeah, I can imagine that it, that would have been tough after you know she passed away. That yeah. well, now she's gone. You know, so how do you how do you? Well, she's established this platform, and you've already have the tools. So, in what ways do you remind the younger generation um, to, well, to follow? Well, the the thing I say to my kids is, you have a very finite amount of time that every person is given. Mm-hmm. and between that time you you just have to take uh, the best shot and um, you know, take all try for the best okay. because after the time passes you will not get that opportunity again mm-hmm. so you have to convince yourself you have to have a goal and you have to work towards that goal whatever that goal is mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and plan Yeah. Just have a plan in the back. Have milestones. At this time, I'm going to achieve that milestone, and and be serious. And you just have to uh, be honest with yourself. First of all, honest with yourself. If you are trying to impress your parents or uh, impress your siblings or friends or somebody else, you are living their life. You are not living your life. You are a, you are a prisoner in their mind. you have to live your life yeah and you have to live your life meaning not to party and all that stuff and uh, forget about it because time flies and uh, you are in 20s you will not be the sa- you will not feel the same way when you are in 30s when you are in 30s uh, you, uh, you, uh, when you get into 40s you will not feel uh, the or in 30 so very few people are um, uh, have that kind of uh, blessed with even when they are old they, their mind are extremely sharp. as as you grow old you know you are not sharp so if you will start late in the game you miss out a lot so that's my main uh, thing is and i remind myself of how my mother raised us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that and 
thank you for being here. It was truly a pleasure well, of having you thank and you. With me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank I'm very you. grateful to be part of a very resilient family and honored that I have a grandmother who endured challenges with great power despite the barriers that she presented uh, was presented with. So challengers, thank you for joining and listening. As always, 